hello, hello. Welcome back to the Joy, Color, Impact, and Dogs podcast. I'm your host, Jay Nicole Smith. You can call me Nick. We haven't seen each other for a while. It's been a minute. We took a pause in this podcast and some of our other uh, social media and marketing activities as we have been putting a lot of our energy and efforts in communicating about the situation in Gaza and the genocide that has been unfolding there. Um, We're pre-recording this episode, so it is my Christmas wish that by the time this airs after um, Christmas has come and gone, that we have actually seen a ceasefire happen and that we are working towards building peace. I hope that is the case. My fear is that it will not be. And we stand in solidarity with the people of Palestine. You know, our belief here at Jaina Cole Smith is that every human being deserves self-expression and self-determination. And any exception to that is criminal. So we love our Jewish friends. We love our Muslim friends. We love our Christian friends. We are hoping for peace and connection, healing, and, you know, basic, basic human rights and freedoms um, for all. So that is the hope I'm holding as we sit down to record this episode and look towards the new year. Now, I know that's a little bit of a downer of a beginning to this episode, but I think it's important to mention, especially given the fact that we've had several weeks off and we are now back. So this episode is a fun one. I wanted to share, my team and I were doing some brainstorming around what we wanted to do for this episode just before the new year. And one of my wonderful team members said, hey, you know, I heard you shared this tip and I found it really useful. What if we do an episode about that? And that turned into this episode today about five joy hacks for starting the new year off with joy. And the first one is my favorite. So Let's dive in. Number five in our hacks to start the new year off with more joy is January doesn't count. When my team and I were chatting about what to do on this podcast, one of them said, you know, I love that tip you give about skipping January altogether. I think that's really cool. Can we include that? And so what this tip is, this joy hack is basically when I think about my obligations for the year, I think about the pressures, goals, achievements, all that good stuff uh, that I'm responsible for. I always start those bigger goals in February not January. I always try and treat January like a free month because we always feel this pressure to start the year off with a bang and, you know, all our diets and good habits and resolutions and blah, blah, blah. But the reality is, especially if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, energetically, this season doesn't feel like a bang. It feels like hibernation, right? It feels like recovery. It feels like a minute of rest after a crazy season of busy and buying and family and talking and selling and delivering and being on. So I think it's really important that we build in some rest and some restoration um, and some peace and quiet into our year. And for me, that feels so natural coming through this week we're in now between 
you know, Christmas and New Year's and heading into January, which is often kind of a slow month for a lot of businesses. So I encourage you to spend this time planning. I'm going to talk about that in a second. And, you know, trying to look towards your big vision, being connected to the things that bring you joy and peace and comfort and being, you know, enjoying some groundedness, getting out in nature, getting cozy, being with your dog. I don't know if you can hear her now, but Pippa is right next to me snoring and scratching. So you might be able to hear her in this episode. Um, But there's definitely a lot of Pippa time in this space between Christmas and New Year's. Um, So that's the first one. January doesn't count. The second one is to get ahead with big picture planning. And a couple of the rituals I like to do this time of year, I'd love to share with you. The first one is I like to pick a word for the year. So you can pick a word or some people will talk about choosing a feeling. How do you want the new year to feel? We did a workshop a couple of weeks ago and one of the feelings that came up that I loved was spacious. That's always a word that makes me feel so good. Spacious. I want it to feel spacious. Oh, yeah. So my word for this year is consistency. Everything we are building this year is really going to rely on building some strong habits and foundations and things like, you know, showing up in this podcast every week and sending out our emails and doing all the things that we need to do consistently to reach our goals. And because I am a multi-passionate entrepreneur, maybe just a little bit ADD, always have new ideas. I'm that typical, you know, creator archetype visionary person, it can sometimes be really hard for me to be consistent. So that is something I would like to commit to this year. And we're going to talk about goals or commitments in a second. But the other thing I want you to think about is that big vision, like the juicy, fun, glorious stuff, not just your revenue goal or your email subscriber goal, but really being able to think bigger. Of course, since I do Y-finding, I love to talk about our mission, our impact, being able to connect deeper to our why and let that drive us more. You've already heard at the beginning of this episode that we are stepping deeper and deeper into our why for me personally and as a brand. And we're going to share an episode coming up soon where we are going to share our revised mission and impact statement and brand statement with you that we've been working on this past year that is driving a lot of these behaviors, decisions, the content and our planning. And I'm going to invite you into our mission in a couple of weeks. But one of the rituals I love to sit with to guide some of this thinking and visioning is to do a tarot card spread for the year. If you Google it, it'll be called a year ahead spread, I think. Really, really simple. But I got kind of inspired to maybe hold space for this. This used to be something I would include in the planners uh, that I designed. I would include a spread for uh, a year ahead tarot reading. And on December 30th, if you're listening to this podcast when it goes live, this is in a few days time, I'm going to do a workshop and hold space for you. If you want to come sit with me, light your candles, you know, get your little altar together and get your favorite deck. And we're going to do a year spread with tarot cards. And we'll pop the link in the show notes if that's something you'd like to join us for. It's completely free. But in the thank you page of that workshop opt-in, you'll see a list of some of my favorite tarot decks if you don't have one but want one. And there's this funny little superstition that you're not supposed to buy your own tarot deck, but 
I don't buy into that. <laughs> I think you should be able to buy exactly what you want and gift it to yourself. And it's a really nice form of self-care. So maybe that's a little present for you. Um, if you want to join us, get yourself a nice new deck and come do a beautiful year spread on the 30th. So the link for that will be in the show notes. Okay, so the first one was January doesn't count. The second one is get ahead on your big picture planning, not just the details. And the third one is if you're setting goals, consider setting good, better, best goals. So depending on how you like to set goals, maybe you don't set them at all because you need to be held accountable for that. We certainly do that inside our 12-month marketing makeover for pet businesses. We do planning as an accountable activity because I think sometimes you do just need a day and time to sit and do it. (laughs) But one of the things I recommend inside that program and one of the things I do personally always for every launch, for every year, every everything I do is set good better, best goals. So even like I'm on a health and fitness journey and I have a specific goal that I'm trying to reach by the end of February. And I do, you know, good, better, best goals for that as well. But then I, for me, I focus on the better goal typically. So there's one that maybe isn't a little, isn't quite as challenging. That would be good. The better one is what I want and best would be amazing. And this is a really good way to kind of determine your personality type and style for achieving goals. Some people are really, really motivated by really those big, hairy, scary goals that seem really hard to achieve. And some people are more motivated by doing something that seems, you know, 10% better than what I did last year. You know, predictable, achievable, that's more motivating. And I kind of tend to fall in the middle. And this is especially true when there's things you don't have a lot of control over, like a revenue goal where you feel like you can do your very best, but you know there's still an unknown, good, better, best goals. So the way I do this, especially when it comes to things like revenue is my in my business, is I set a good, better, best goal for the year And then I take one of those goals and break it down for each month. So in our case, in our business, we've set a good, better, best goal for the year, and we've taken the better goal, and we've broken that down for our monthly goals and for all the activities that need to lead to helping that goal happen for our leads and our conversations and you know, email subscribers and all the things that we think we need to achieve on a sales and conversion basis in order to make that better goal possible. So I don't break down all three goals for the whole year. But what it does do is it sort of gives you this safety net of like, if you don't quite hit that goal, you've still got the good goal to fall back on and say, you know, you put the flag in the ground at the beginning of the year to say like, hey, this is good. If this is what we get done, this is really, really good. And for me, that's usually like, something similar to what I did last year, 10% more, something like that. The better one's usually more aggressive. And then the best one is like, oh my God, this would be amazing if we can achieve this. So what I think is really important about this is two things. One is I had a chat with one of my clients a couple of weeks ago about the word goals, and we both agreed we don't like it. And we talked about this in the workshop a couple of weeks as well about planning, and planning can be a little bit of an edgy word for people. What I think is a more appropriate word for what we're actually talking about here are commitments, because a goal is only useful if you are fully committed to it. Okay, so I really, really recommend that you only actually, you know, write stuff down and put the energy into creating milestones for goals you are deeply committed to. Okay, so that act of energetically and logically and consciously committing and saying, yes, I am all in 
is a really important part of that goal setting process. You need the energy of that goal not to be wants. It needs to be commitment. And if you are committed, the most important thing you can do is track. I have habits of tracking my important goals every day, every week, etc. And this is something I've talked about for a long time. So my very, very, very favorite way to do this is like a color in thermometer. I know it sounds really basic. This is a template we just gave to our 12-month marketing makeover people last month um, or earlier this month because I find it so effective. I do this. And then every time you make a little impact in that goal, you get to color in the thermometer all the way to the top. And I find it so satisfying. It's a little bit like the to-do list where you get to mark things off, right? So one system I use for that is Todoist, which is a good way to turn these goals into real commitments with deadlines and tracking and to track them as you go, because not only are you more likely to achieve them that way, but you get the joy and the satisfaction out of seeing your progress and to get that little satisfaction of that tick or that coloring in every time you make a little bit of progress along the way. It's also really motivating when you get near the end to be like, "Ooh, I only have this last little bit to go before the deadline, before the end of the month or whatever it is. And it gives you that extra little boost of encouragement and motivation to get it done. Okay. So that is January doesn't count. Number one, getting ahead of big picture planning. Number two, three, setting good, better, best goals. The fourth one is really, really, really important. Okay. This is something I'm issuing you a permission slip right now for, which is opt out of whatever you damn well, please. Okay, this is the season of decluttering, and that can be physical decluttering. I do love a good declutter of my closets, my drawers, my kitchen, my medicine cabinet, anything, any, anywhere. I love it. I love a good declutter and an organization. But here's an example from my life. I started to notice I get anxiety about gifts, especially for my children, because I hate doing thank you cards. I absolutely hate the social contract of having to send thank you cards, okay? I love gratitude. I am all in on gratitude. I love feeling it and I love expressing it. But the act of having to write a card, address that card, stamp it, and get it in the mail, especially when a lot of my people are in America, which means I actually have to go to the post office to send that card, (laughs) makes it feel I don't know, icky. I don't like it. I get resentful about the whole act. So I'm just like, please don't give me any presents. Please don't give my kids any presents because I do not want to owe you a thank you card. And I know this sounds really weird and selfish and awkward, but I, at this point, have just owned the fact that I am not into thank you cards. So I've tried to create other ways to share my gratitude. I will send a text. I'll take a photo of my child opening it and saying, thank you so much. We love it. I do try and get my kids to get involved with some, you know, coloring a card for grandma, that kind of thing. But I have just opted out of the social contract of thank you cards. And I'm sure there's people around me who hate this. <laughs> they think it's rude, ungrateful, whatever. I'm sure that's true. But for me, I've decided I know I'm grateful. I try and express that gratitude in less traditional ways. Um, But I hate the, I want to be present in the gift. I want to appreciate and feel that gratitude. I don't then immediately want to feel the dread about the thank you card. Another thing is that I prefer not to go to church. So when I was growing up, I had to go to church every Sunday with my mom. 
and I didn't love it. I had to go to Sunday school. And then when I visited my dad in Arizona, that side of my family is all Mormon. So I'd have to go to their church. And it was like three times longer than my church. And I was like, oh, I just have a little bit of like church PTSD. (laughs) So I really, really, really prefer not to go to church. But it's really important to my mom. And so when she's here for Christmas, Usually I give in and I go on Christmas Eve, but I don't always. I've definitely skipped it a couple of times because it's something I just don't love. When I do go, it's because I want to be there for her and I want to, you know, the kids love going and I don't want to be a Grinch. But at the same time, it's one of those decisions I have to make for myself about opting in or opting out of the things that bring me joy. And it is completely and totally acceptable for you to be awkward and opt out of the things that don't bring you joy. Okay? Like you don't need to explain yourself. You don't need to justify. It's okay for other people not to like it. It's okay for other people to disprove of your behavior. Okay? But especially this time of year when there's so much going on and everybody's asking for your time and energy and thank you cards, (laughs) um, I really, really um, want to remind you that you get to choose, okay? And this is a great time to declutter not just your home and your physical belongings, but your calendar, your commitments, especially if you're able to double down on the commitments we just discussed, then you probably need to free up some space for that. So opt out of whatever you damn well please. That's number two. And last but not least, in fact, probably most important is number one, take care of your mental health. Okay. So I'm doing this project at the moment that I'm calling Joy First. As a team, we're on a mission to help create a Joy First world. I am personally trying to go through the world looking for more joy. And I'm looking at what that does to my life and my behavior and my goals and outcomes. But As we are going to be discussing in a couple of weeks on the podcast with my dear friend, Dr. Romy, joy is sometimes really difficult to access if you are not on a level playing field, right? If you have inflammation in your brain because you're overstressed, if you have depression, if you have very real situations in your life where things are feeling dark or sad or overwhelming, Like you're not just going to be able to flip a switch and feel joyful probably, right? That doesn't seem realistic. And so there is often this middle ground uh, in certainly in my joy first paradigm of like getting to neutral, getting to well. And I want to push you in the direction of Dr. Romy and her book, The Busy Brain Cure. We're going to be talking about it in a couple of weeks here on the podcast. It launches January 9th, but you can pre-order it right now and you can learn a little bit more about Busy Brain because if you are someone who experiences constant anxiety, uh, trouble sleeping, if you're doing like a lot of coffee in the day and having a couple glasses of wine in the evening if you are just feeling basically pretty stressed out all the time, there is a very good chance that you are in this description of what she calls busy brain and you have inflammation and you have some very sort of physical and chemical things that need to be sorted out in order for you to quote unquote, feel good again, to sleep properly, to be able to more easily access that gratitude and that joy. Okay. Cause we don't want this to be, you know, what we discuss on that podcast is spiritual bypassing, right? It's not just like, pretend it's all fine. Pretend it's all fine. Like, no. So one of the most important joy hacks on this list is to support your mental health. And I know 
you know, New Year's is a great time for health and fitness and getting on that diet and getting back to the gym and whatever. But don't forget your mental health in that process. And Dr. Romy is a beautiful resource. So you can find her on Instagram at Dr. Romy. That's D-R-R-O-M-I-E. You can pre-order her book or grab it when it comes out in January, not long. Um, If you're listening to this podcast when it goes out, She's a beautiful resource for the actual health of your actual brain, which can be a really important part of if you're feeling, you know, you're struggling to focus, you're feeling cluttered in your mind and having that anxiety, that restlessness, sleeplessness, et cetera. She is a great resource, but also, you know, seeing an actual doctor she is an actual doctor, but seeing an actual doctor in person or seeing um, a therapist you know, these are also really great tools and I encourage you to explore them. Even if you've been putting them off, it really, really can't hurt, right? Like I tend to be a person who struggles to do these things sometimes because I feel like nobody is going to be able to help or it's not going to be efficient, blah, blah, blah. But I've definitely gotten better at this since starting this Joy First project because I'm realizing more and more how much my mental and physical health are everything. (laughs) They're not there. The joy becomes really, really challenging. So let's review the list again. The first one was January doesn't count. Let February be the start. Totally let yourself off the hook for the first 30 days. Second one was get big picture on your planning. Look at some rituals, maybe like a tarot spread, being able to look at maybe choosing a word for the year. Third one was if you're setting goals, try good, better, best, and make sure you both commit to them and track them. Fourth one was opt out of whatever you damn well please. It's a great time for decluttering. And last but not least, take care of your mental health. Get support for your brain and for your body to help support all the things you're trying to do with your wonderful, brilliant mind. That's it for me today. I'm so happy to be back with you. I look forward to seeing you every week as we bring you new episodes of this show. And thank you so much for being here. Happy, happy New Year's. I wish you so much joy and so much love and happiness and laughter and light as we enter in to a new year. See you next time. Bye.